Hello and welcome to another episode of Bible Podlets. I'm George. I'm Aretha. We're so happy that you've joined us. Bible Podlet is a Bible study and discussion podcast for all ages, which works equally well at home or in children's groups at church. We encourage you to listen together and to pause the episode if you can, so that you're able to talk about the stories and questions that will come up. And to help you, all of the activity and discussion questions for this and all of our other episodes can be downloaded from the resources area of our website, bdeducation.org.uk. Hi, George. Um, hypothetically, if you were walking down the street and found a £10 note on the floor, what would you do with it? Well, first, I would ask, what does hypothetically mean? <laughs> well, I guess if something is hypothetical, it's based on possible situations or scenarios instead of real actual ones. Oh, I see. So have you really found £10 in the street? No, but one day I might, and I was just thinking about what I would do if I did. Oh, that's disappointing. But never mind. I've just thought, we could make this into a game. Let's take turns at coming up with hypothetical questions or situations and the other person has to say, hypothetically, what they would do. Oh yes, okay. Are you ready for your ha first hypothetical situation? Yeah, go on. Right. If Jurassic Park was real, would you visit it? And why or why not no if if it was real and i've and i'd seen all of the things that have gone wrong <laughs> i would not want to go there <laughs> i don't want to be eaten by a t-rex or a velociraptor like there's there's a reason why it's not been done in real life and that's because it's a really bad idea <laughs> But they made good films, so they were, you know, excellent films. And I would never ever go there. <laughs> You're playing it safe and keeping well away. I would actively try to go to the exact opposite place on the earth. <laughs> Here's your hypothetical situation: you have booked onto a campsite to camp and stay, okay. but you're only allowed to stay if you look after one of the campsite's chickens. You can't lock it up because it's free range <laughs> and you're not allowed to leave the campsite. How would you look after the chicken? How would I look after the chicken? Well, I guess I'd kind of just have to follow it around. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make sure it didn't get in, into any trouble. Um, kind of give it some grain to peck at. Maybe that would just help keep it in one area if I put some grain down for it. Um, check if it's laid any eggs, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what what else do chickens need oh i perhaps need to look after it at night time wouldn't i because if any like foxes or, or wild animals turned up we can't have them attacking the chickens so i'd have to keep an eye on it then i could put it in my sleeping bag like if i had a spare sleeping bag and it could come and keep cozy in the tent with me <laughs> might lay an egg in your sleeping bag oh and then that'd be breakfast sausage <laughs> 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 and then if it misbehaves, I just threatened to put the chicken in the pot, couldn't I? 
<laughs> you might not be invited to camp there and again. Well, if I have to spend my whole holiday looking after a chicken, I might not be bothered about going back. <laughs> right, are you ready for your next hypothetical question, George? I am. So, if you would just become the captain of a pirate ship, what would you call the ship and what would you do first as a pirate? Interesting. What would I call the ship? <laughs> I would call the ship the party boat. The party boat? That doesn't sound very piratey. Well, I'd see I'm a new type of pirate. I'm the party pirate. You'd have to call it like party. Be hearty. <laughs> <laughs> Or I'm having a party. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then my, because I was the captain of the party pirate boat, the party boat. Yeah. I would, my first act as captain would be to have a big party. Obviously. <laughs> well, you're a whole new kind of pirate, I think, there. Um, party pirates. Yeah, party pirates. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess. In some ways, it was difficult to decide what we'd do in some of those situations, even though they were only hypothetical. I know. And the person we're going to hear from in our news story today found themselves in a really difficult situation once, and that wasn't hypothetical. Oh, what happened? Well, they had to take a massive risk. It could have cost them their life. Go on. Well, instead of me telling you, let's hear all about it from the person themselves. It's time for today's news. Yes, we're in the Persian citadel of Susa to get the full story behind the shock execution of Haman, formerly King Xerxes' second in command. It has been rumoured that Haman had angered the king by suggesting a plan that would have killed all of the Jewish people, including his new queen, Esther. We are privileged to talk with our queen now and seek to find the answers behind this deep conspiracy. Thank you so much for joining me, Queen Esther. You're very welcome. Is it true that Haman was involved in a conspiracy to kill all of your people? including you. Yes, it's true. Haman had managed to convince the king to sign an order to kill all the Jews in Persia, and my cousin Mordecai found out about it. So, how did you get involved? Well, Mordecai sent word to me in secret that Haman had got the king to agree to a plot which would destroy my people. Haman really hated Jews, especially my cousin, because he wouldn't bow down to him. Of course, I had to do something. I needed to speak to the king, but I'm not supposed to unless I'm invited. Well, you must have been scared, especially with what happened to his previous wife, Queen Vashti. I was scared, but Mordecai reminded me that I had been put in a position of power in order to help my people. And he was right. The beauty pageant that led to me becoming queen and replacing Vashti must have been for this very reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how did you manage to convince the king to listen to you? I was really nervous, so I invited the king and Haman to come to two banquets. It was after the second one that I revealed to the king I was a Jew, and if Haman's plan went ahead, I and all my people would be killed. 
The king didn't want this at all and felt he'd been tricked by Haman. So he sentenced him to death. Well, thank you, Queen Esther, for sharing your story of what led to the unexpected execution of the deceitful Haman. There you have it. An amazing account of treachery and bravery. That's all from me, Penny Pond, back to the studio. Well, what a blockbuster of a story there. We're going to talk together about what we've heard and ask some questions. And we'd encourage you to pause the podcast if you can and talk about your answers together. At this point in history, the Jewish people or Israelites had been overpowered by the Persians and they were living under their control. They had been forced to move away from their homeland and everything they knew. The ruler of the Persian Empire at the time was King Xerxes and the Jews were not liked by the Persians so they were treated very badly. One day King Xerxes and his wife Queen Vashti had a falling out. Vashti humiliated the king so badly by refusing to come to one of his parties that the king got angry and he unqueened her. Unqueened? That's not a real word is it? Eh, not technically, but I'm talking with the dictionary people to get it in. Uh, even though it isn't an official word yet, it is exactly what happened to Vashti. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. The king stripped Vashti of her title as queen and sent her away. So he needed to find a new queen. We've arrived at our first question for today. What did King Xerxes do to select a new queen? The question again. What did King Xerxes do to select a new queen? Please pause the podcast and talk about this together. Then press play when you're ready to carry on. Many young women were brought to the palace and received 12 months of beauty treatments before they could be seen by King Xerxes, which included bathing in perfume. One of these young women was a beautiful Jewish girl called Esther. She won the king's favour and was chosen to be the new queen. But Esther didn't tell the king that she was Jewish because her cousin Mordecai told her not to. King Xerxes had an assistant who was second in command over all of Persia. His name was Haman and he really hated the Jewish people. He expected everyone, except the king of course, to bow down to him. Esther's cousin Mordecai didn't believe in bowing down to anyone other than God and refused to bow down to Haman. This made the king's assistant hate him and all the Jewish people even more. He hated them so much that he made a plan to destroy all the Jews in Persia. Haman took his idea to the king and Xerxes agreed with him. So Haman spread the word across all of Persia that all of the Jewish people would be killed. But Mordecai heard about Haman's plan. We've come to our next question. What did Mordecai do when he heard of the plan to kill the Jews? The question again, what did Mordecai do when he heard of the plan to kill the Jews? Please pause the podcast and talk about this together and then press play when you're ready to move on. 
Mordecai sent word to Esther about the plan and asked her to try and change the king's mind. He reminded her that she had been placed in a position of power as the queen to help her people. So Esther agreed to approach the king. She also asked Mordecai and all the Jews to support her by praying and fasting on her behalf. Fasting is going without food and drink in order to focus on God. We've quickly arrived at our next question. How would Esther have felt about going to see the king? The question again, how would Esther have felt about going to see the king? Please pause the podcast and talk about this together. Then press play when you're ready to continue. Esther would have been very scared to go to see the king without an invitation because she could easily have been punished for going to him without first being summoned. That's right. She knew that the king might take offence to her approach and get rid of her, just like he did with Vashti, like we heard earlier on. But Esther found the courage to put herself at risk and went to see the king anyway. When King Xerxes saw her, he was happy to see her, so he invited her in. He asked Esther what she wanted. Instead of telling the king straight away about Haman's plot to kill her people, Esther requested that the king and Haman joined her at a banquet. And at the banquet, instead of taking the opportunity to reveal Haman's scheme, Esther asked them both to come to another banquet. Who doesn't love more food, eh? <laughs> well, the king and Haman sure do, because they went to Esther's second banquet. And it was after the second banquet that Esther finally spoke to the king. Here's our next question. What did Esther say to the king after the second banquet? The question again. What did Esther say to the king after the second banquet? Please pause the podcast and talk about this together. Then press play when you're ready to carry on. Esther told the king that she was Jewish and she asked that if she found favour with him, he would not kill all of the Jews, including herself. Because the king loved Esther, he didn't want to kill her and was angry that someone even suggested it. He asked Esther whose plan it was to kill all of the Jews. Esther told the king it was Haman, his highest official. The king was furious with Haman and his devious behaviour. We've come to our last question for today. What did the king do to Haman? The question again. What did the king do to Haman? Please pause the podcast and talk about this together. Then press play when you're ready to carry on. Because King Xerxes was so angry with Haman, he sentenced him to death. After listening to Esther, the king did not carry out the plan to kill all the Jews in Persia, but instead granted them protection and promoted Mordecai to Haman's position. Word was sent out and the Jewish people rejoiced with a joyful festival, which is still celebrated by Jews to this day. It's called Purim. The story of Esther teaches us that even though God may be quiet, he is still working in the background to carry out his plan. Esther knew that God was at work to save her people even though it might have felt like he wasn't there. 
So Esther's story reminds us that God is always looking over us and has a perfect plan for each of us. We should try to be like Esther and trust God to care for every part of our lives. Do you feel like God is silent in your life? If so, pray to him and ask that he will show you where he is working in your life or in the lives of others. If you're not sure how to do that, you can ask your adult to help you. In our story today, we heard that Mordecai had to get a message to Esther to tell her about Haman's plan to kill all the Jews. I wonder how he passed on the message without raising suspicion. Ooh, maybe he used Morse code? Or maybe he wrote it down using invisible ink? Or perhaps he disguised his writing? Or maybe he created a secret code with symbols? Or how about saying it out loud using a secret language? <laughs> well, those are all great suggestions, George, but I'm feeling a little bit suspicious about you though now. You seem to know way too much about this stuff. Uh, just, I just like spy movies, that's all. <laughs> well, guess what? I've got an idea. How about we play a game where I test your ability to decipher a secret language? Well, it's not actually a secret language. It's Cockney rhyming slang, but it's all a bit of a mystery to me, to be honest. So I could say some words or phrases in Cockney rhyming slang, and you have to tell me what you think they mean. Okay. Yeah, let's have a go at that. And you might enjoy playing along with me at home as well. Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, an easy one that you might have heard. Uh, apples and pears. Uh, that is an easy one. I think I've heard that before. I think it means the stairs. It is the stairs. Apples and pears, stairs. Right, another one then you perhaps have heard of. Dog and bone. Oh, I have heard of this, but I've gone blank. <laughs> Boom. Oh, I've gone blank. I don't know. I wish I could do a, a decent Cockney accent and then I could do it for you. I'm just going to have a talk on the old dog and bone. It's not a trombone, is it? <laughs> no, it's phone. <laughs> oh, of course it's phone. Ah, oh, how could I forget? <laughs> I do apologise to all the Cockney. <laughs> right, another one. Now, I'm gonna, this one's maybe more difficult because um, what they sometimes do in Cockney Rhyming Slang is they take away the rhyming part. So the, um, the Cockney Rhyming Slang is Ruby. Ruby? Yeah. And they've taken away the... The part that rhymes. <laughs> Ruby. Does it mean good? Something no, good? It's, it's something that you would eat. Ruby. It's not like jelly deals, is it? <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, give you a clue then by telling you the rhyming part. So the rhyming part is is Ruby Murray. Oh, is it curry? It's curry. <laughs> Ruby, Ruby Murray. Murray is curry. Right, another one then. Uh, pen and ink. Sink. Nearly. Drink. Oh, stink. Stink. Pen and ink, oh. you pen and ink, George. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next one, brown bread. Uh, I think that means that someone has died. 
Yeah, brown bread is dead. Well done. Next one, north and south. Um, mouth? Yes. Nice. I think you're getting the hang of this. Right, last one. We'll see how we get on. Last one is loaf. Loaf? Yeah. Is this another one of your non-rhyming? Yeah, but you probably heard it because it's become more commonly used beyond the Cockney dialect. Oh, has it? Okay. Um, Perhaps you've heard people saying, use your loaf. Oh. Does it mean, um, like, use your brain? Yeah, nearly. So in full, in full, you would say loaf of bread. Use your head. Use your head. (laughs) Well done. We got there, George, and that was great fun. But to be honest, I'm not sure how much of it I'll remember because it still feels like a bit of a secret language to me. And although we're none the wiser about exactly how Mordecai passed on his message to Esther, I'm sure God had his hand in it, making sure everything went according to his plan. Yes, I think you're right, George. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for for this episode. But tell us, how did you get on with decoding the Cockney rhyming slang just now? And what would you have done in our hypothetical scenarios earlier on? You can tell us via our social media accounts. We are on Facebook at BDBE Updates and on Twitter at BDBE. And you can find all of our previous episodes of Bible Podlets and free discussion notes for each of those to use in children's group at church on our website at bdeducation.org.uk. Now, this is the last episode for this series of Bible Podlets, but don't be too sad because we'll be back with you in two weeks' time with a Christmas special. Hope to see you there. Bye! Thanks for listening to Bible Podlets. It was a Blackburn Diocese Board of Education production. It was written by David Harris and Sarah Earnshaw and produced by David Harris. It was voiced by Sarah Earnshaw, Lindsay Wright and David Harris with additional voices by Nicola Harris. Bible Podlets is a free resource. For more resources, connect with us on social media, on Facebook at BDBE Updates, on Twitter at BDBOV, or on our website, bdeducation.org.uk. Hang on a minute. There's definitely something funny going on here. Like what? Well, I've noticed that in every episode of Bible Podlets, you two have different names. I don't know what you're talking well, about. I, mean, I don't know. Hmm. There's definitely a reason for it, and I'm sure there's a link. But what could it be? We'll leave you to ponder on that one. Perhaps our listeners can help. If you can connect the dots, and guess the thing that links the names that our presenters have used in this series, you can be in with a chance of joining me on the news in a future episode of Bible Podlets. You can get in touch via our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, babes, at BDBE Updates and on Twitter at BDBOV. So, 
get your thinking caps on hands and tell me what you believe the link is between their names each week.